don't forget the seminar. And I know for the past two weeks, people have been saying, if you're looking for someone, this is the place to come to. It's going to be amazing. God is going to teach you. But I just want to say, God has a purpose for you while you're single, okay? I just want to throw that in there. It's not our heart that we make single people feel like, oh man, you need to get married. But at this sem seminar, you will learn how to be single and content and fruitful for the work of God. Amen. Awesome. You can tell I'm very passionate about the singles. But I'm married now, so... <laughs> I'm also passionate about married people or marriages. But anyway, this morning we're going to continue with our series on knowing God. Okay? This is the fourth installment, which will be the last installment. We started off four weeks ago, and we started off by looking at um, God is omnipotent. We looked at how powerful God is and what the power of God actually means. And what it means for God to be all-powerful. And then we moved on from there, and we looked at how... God is omniscient, which means God is everywhere, all the time, anytime. You cannot hide from God. You cannot run from God as Jonah was trying to run from him. And then we looked at, um, after that we looked at God is, um, what did I miss? Omnipresent. Okay, no, sorry, omniscient is all-knowing. My goodness, I'm mixing things here, sorry. Omniscient is all-knowing. God knows everything. There's nothing, even your deepest, darkest secret is not a secret to God, okay? And then omnipresent is God being all over, everywhere. And then last week, we looked at God's goodness, yeah? God's goodness. And this morning, we're going to finish off by looking at God is unchangeable. And I'm sure some of you could already tell through the worship this morning that um, some of the, just the, the songs that were coming through, and even when Barbara was closing, that, um, yeah, that even while Barbara was closing, that, uh, yeah, that God, <laughs> that she was talking about God's character. I'm, I'm a bit distracted now. Yeah, so uh, it's not because of Jade, but I forgot to mention something very important. And everybody's like, hey, yay, you can't go continue without this. So let me just get into that. Um, for those who don't know, a couple of weeks or months, we announced that Daniel and Punei, Daniel and Punei were getting, they're engaged officially, and their wedding is actually next week, sun, uh, Saturday, okay? So if you guys could just stand so that we can have a look at you, how beautiful you look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're very excited about that, and they want to invite the whole congregation to their church ceremony, which will be at 12 p.m., yeah, here in this hall. So... Please come along and come and join in the celebrations. Unfortunately, not everybody will be invited to the reception, but we want to join in the celebration and just witness this special occasion. Okay. <laughs> awesome. So with that said, 
let's just open up in prayer. <laughs> yeah, Father, we want to thank you so much for who you are this morning. We want to thank you for your word, Lord Jesus, for just what you've been showing us about yourself the past few weeks. And we really just pray, Lord Jesus, that as we continue on this journey, you will continue to just open our eyes, oh, Father God, to see deeper and to see more of what you are doing and what you want to release in our lives, oh, Father God. We thank you, Lord, um, that there's so much more of yourself that you want to show us. And Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you that you are our teacher, that you lead us into all truth this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So today we are looking at God is unchanging. He does not change. He is unchangeable. He is unshakable. He is just the great I am. And I want to start with Psalm 102, verse 25 to 27, which reads as, as follows. It says, In the beginning you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Like clothing, you will change them, and they will be discarded. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. What a powerful psalm. It's speaking about how creation changes. It's speaking about how everything that is here on earth now changes but God remains the same. There is nothing that can change him, and he, his years will never grow old. Yeah? What a powerful truth, truth about who God is. You know, we're living in a world currently where there's so much change happening. We are constantly faced with things that come and they go, and then this is truth, that is truth. Constant change. Yeah? If you had to meet somebody that's 100 years old and just ask them, what has your life been like? What, has, have, what have you experienced in history in your hundred years of living here on earth? They will tell you, you know, some years ago, we, I was, I, every time you needed to travel somewhere, you had to walk or you had to take a donkey, you know? And then the, the fastest machine for traveling was a horse. But nowadays, we've got jets, you know? I, and and they'll be like, I never thought I'll see the day when I could actually sit in a plane and travel that fast. In one day, be able to get to, say, for example, from Ventuk to Joburg, you know. It was, first it had to be a bus, and sometimes you had to think for a long time about how you're going to go there. It will take days going from one place to the next and first resting and then continuing your journey. But now you could just go straight, you know. And then they will tell you about technology. They will say, in our days, we used to sit around the fire and talk stories and, and really try to entertain ourselves by being a community. But nowadays, you just get home. You don't need people around you. Just switch on the TV and just watch movies for as long as you want and whenever you want. What about communication? Yeah, People used to write letters that will take days, sometimes even months, to reach someone. But now you just take out your cell phone and you're on WhatsApp. And you're like, hey, what's up? <laughs> and the person responds immediately. Immediately. Yeah? And then sometimes when you feel like, oh, this writing. <laughs> okay, most of my friends 
reply, <laughs> respond immediately. And then if, it's, if, if the writing gets too much, you can just record a voice note and send it. You know? I, I mean, how cool is that? People, some people never had this experience. They never thought it could happen. You know, they had to take a long time to be able to communicate with somebody else. And, and, and this is the world that we're living in. Things are constantly changing. I remember I grew up during a time, just thinking about the single sameness. I grew up during a time where everywhere I went, I would just see flyers and, 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 and um, uh, uh, posters about true love waits. Choose to wait. Stay pure until you get married. Nowadays, all I see is safe sex. You know? Safe sex. Safe sex, safe, safe sex. There's nothing about purity. There's nothing about choose to wait. There's just like we're all doing it. Let's do it. While you're doing it, just be safe. You know, things are changing. The way people see things is really, really different. How about dressing? Yeah? In those days, if a lady even showed a leg, <laughs> it was something big, you know? Nowadays, it's fine. You know, you can just wear how you want and... So, and, and people are getting used to it, you know? You, I mean, it's not everywhere. In some places, people are still a bit more, you know? Uh, they, uh, and, and often when people are still a bit more conservative, more tight, then they, they'll say, yeah, those, are, those people are still very primitive. They, they're not, they, they haven't developed yet, isn't it? Isn't, isn't it what people say, you know? And, and they're uptight, yeah? And sometimes that's what they say about the Bible. People are saying the Bible is outdated. Christianity is old-fashioned. If Christianity still wants to make an impact today, then it needs to get with the times. Yeah? If the churches still want to make an impact today, they need to stop being so narrow-minded and bigoted. You need to, to understand the world is changing. Just become a bit more open-minded. Isn't it? That's what we hear most of the time. Is the Bible still relevant today? Is God still relevant today? Yeah? In those days, people were in desperate situations. They, 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 they didn't know much, but nowadays we have knowledge. You know, our doctors are coming up with cures even for the incurable diseases. And, and, and you just need to discover the power inside of you to make life happen. You don't need to wait on a God. These are some of the things that we're hearing out there as we're living our lives. But the truth is, God is still relevant today. His word is still true today. And he will never change. And we are still in desperate need of him today. There's no way we can look at ourselves as created beings and say we don't need our creator we're still in a need, in a desperate need for God. And He is still relevant. Malachi 3, verse 6. I, the Lord, do not change. This is God Himself saying, I do not change. The things that I've said before are still relevant. The laws that I've given, the commandments that I've given, the words, the promises are still the same. I do not change. So God does not change in his nature. Last week, Annette was telling us about how God is not capricious. 
You know, that word capricious means one minute I'm happy, the next minute I'm moody, the next minute I'm full of joy, and the next minute I'm like, I don't want you near me, just get out of my face. That is what capricious means. It means like you're not quite sure in what mood God is today, so just tiptoe until you find out, and then you're like, oh, okay, he's in a good mood today, so now I can dance, now I can do, you know? Some of us know people like that, yeah? Maybe it's, it's your boss at work. You're like, oh, I'm not quite sure in what mood. Let me just test. And then I'll be able to determine what mood they're in today. Okay? So, and a lot of us, uh, especially with, with, um, with animism, they believe in the spirits and, 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 and God being this distant being. You will see that a lot of the, people, the times, people are uncertain about the character and the nature of this God that often the gods can choose to do whatever. And if things are going bad, oh, what's going on? No, the gods are angry. So uh, we need to go give a sacrifice now to appease the gods so that they're, they're happy. We never know when they're happy and we never know when they're sad. Yeah? So as they change moods, we, mu- we must just be prepared to give sacrifices to, to, to help them or, 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 or uh, soothe their moods so that they can continue doing <laughs> what we want them to do. Isn't it? So it's almost like bribery, bribing the gods. But with God, we can be so secure in the fact that his nature does not change. Yeah. God will not say one thing today and mean something else tomorrow or say something else tomorrow. And you're like, but God, yesterday you said, yeah, forget about what I said yesterday. Today this is what I'm saying. No, the nature of God is the same. It can be trusted. All those characteristics about God that we have been speaking about in the past three weeks and looking at who God is, that nature cannot be turned around and changed into something else. God remains God. He remains who He is. And the the essence of who He is cannot be changed. He will not change. Okay, Hebrews 13 verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. He is the same yesterday, he is the same today, and he's the same forever. Which means his word is relevant yesterday, his word is relevant today, his word is relevant tomorrow. Okay? So we can't look at the Bible and say, oh, this Bible was written so many years ago. It's so outdated, it's so ancient, that now we need to come up with a new Bible that is more relevant to where we're living in at right now in this time no we can't do that and the good the good thing about God is that because he's he's outside of time he's transcendent (laughs) he's been here before we got here do you think God is shocked by all the changes that are taking place right now and he's thinking oh my goodness I didn't know this is how terrible humanity will become no before we are here He is already here. He already sees. And there are passages even in the Bible that warns us about what the days will look like and what things will look like in in, in days to come. That's why he had prophets, people like Daniel, who would see beforehand what kingdoms would, would take place and what they would look like. So it's not like these things happen and it takes God off God and he's now, what should I do? What should I do? That's why the Bible said before sin even entered, God already 
<laughs> made a plan for sin. The lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. Before we ever sinned, God already made a plan. He was already here in this time, in this situation. So nobody can look at the Bible and say, no man, this is so outdated. This stuff just doesn't work nowadays. Things have changed. It is just the plan of God unfolding. If we read the Bible from the beginning to the end, you will just see how God's plan unfolds. And often the reason why we can't understand the Bible and we're saying, no, but he was speaking to the Israelites and, I, and I'm not even a Jew and I don't understand that stuff. is because we don't take the time to read the Bible in context to understand the stories, to understand what God was doing there, to understand how his, uh, how his plan for salvation of the whole world was unfolding and up to the end, you know, to understand what does it mean in the book of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ. What does it mean? We don't read like that. We read quickly to find scriptures that may be relevant to my situation now, okay? So we take God's logos and we look for rhema word for that specific situation. But we don't read to understand the word, the way it was put together, God's plan in it. And this is where we need to get to. Because when we read the, 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 the Bible in its wholeness, we start to really see how the plan of God is unfolding. And we start seeing that, yes, this book is still relevant today. When God released this book through the writers that wrote it and, 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 and the various church fathers that put it together, it shows that he really had a plan for us to understand from the beginning when he created the world, when problems started happening, what his heart is towards community, towards family, towards redemption, towards the nations of the world, starting with the nation of Israel. Everything is all together. It, it is a complete story. It is a complete story. So we cannot say because it, it's speaking about people that had farms and goats and they, were, they had fields. It's really not, it's not that relevant. Maybe to people that are still staying in rural areas. No. Okay. It's the plan of God unfolding. So we really need to, 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 to understand the Bible in its entirety. So God's word does not change. Both the Logos word of God, which is the written word of God, and the Rhema word of God, which is God's now word when he gives you a promise. In Matthew 24 verse 35, Jesus says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Never. Never. And you say, they talk about the Bible. They say it's one of those books that over the years, even though people try to destroy it, it remains one of the best uh, selling books throughout generations. Yeah? So this word will never change. And when God speaks a promise it will never change. When God spoke to Abram and said, you will be the father of many nations, he never changed his mind. When God called the Israelites out of Egypt and said, I'm going to take you to your promised land, he never changed his mind 
about it. Though there were situations that caused him to, to think and say, man, I'm going to wipe out all these people because they're not listening. They're worshiping other idols. They're doing all sorts of things. And Moses will remind him, but God, you're the one that called us out. Remember your word to us. Yeah? And he said, my plan will remain. The word that the Lord has spoken is always true. Galatians 8, 1 verse 8, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one preached to you, let them be under God's curse. There's no other gospel that is going to come forth outside of the word of God. It has been sealed. It is completed. And it's great that he's saying not even if an angel came to proclaim another word. Because so many times people were saying, no, I got this revelation, you know. I was in the, it was in the middle of the night. I was just praying and then an angel appeared to me and said, yes, that man that you're married to is not your husband. You need to leave him and marry brother so-and-so. The same God that says, I hate divorce. Okay? So we test the words of these angels by the written word of God, and if it doesn't line up, we can't say the Lord has spoken. No? Otherwise, it creates a mess. We make God to be God out to be a liar. No? So, what is written in this book, it's still true and still relevant today. When God gives you a promise, the Bible says, when God a promise to a when God gave Abram a promise. There was no one greater than himself that he had to swear by his own name. That this will be fulfilled. You know, often we want to swear by heaven. I swear in the name of Jesus, I, I promise. You know? But God was like, there was no one else greater than himself that he had to swear by his own name. That's why his name is greater than any other name. And his word is his bond. When God speaks, it is so. We should be assured in this and we should rest in the truth that when God speaks, it is so. And nothing else can steal that away from it. His purposes will remain the same and he will reveal and it will come to, to pass. Okay. Sometimes we may change, but God will, still, God will not change. And if he has a purpose and we don't want to fulfill that purpose, the purpose will still remain even though he has to use somebody else. So his rainbow word doesn't change. What he speaks is so. In Numbers 23 verse 19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not bring to pass? Okay? Whatever God speaks, it will come to pass. When he promises something, we need to hold on to that because his promises are sure. It is a sure word. It will come to pass. He will make it happen. Okay? He doesn't lie. He doesn't play tricks with us. One minute he's saying this, the next minute he's saying something different. Okay? That's not how he is. You know, people can be very, uh, uh, we, uh, the Bible says that we need to change. We're, we're in constant change, but we're changing towards the image and the likeness of Christ. Yeah? 
So it's important that we change. We can't say, God doesn't change, so I'm also not changing. No, we are being transformed to the image and likeness of Christ. So whatever is inside of us that is not like God needs to start becoming more like God. And as we continue to behold Him, as we continue to worship Him, as we continue to cry out for more of Him, as we continue to seek His face, we become more like Him. That is what we are being changed to. Not conformed to the changes of this world, but being conformed to the image and likeness of Christ. Okay? So it's really important to remember that when God gives a promise, He gives a promise and it's so. And I was just, when I was preparing this message, I was again reminded of the story. Um, it's become one of my, one of the, the, the Bible stories that, that really touched me. Because currently this is what, what we're experiencing even in the world where um, prophets are concerned and where people are saying, the Lord showed me, the Lord spoke to me about this. Um, in King, 1 Kings 13, yeah? Um, this is the Old Testament, 1 Kings 13. I mean, if you want to see the seriousness of God's word when he speaks, just read the Old Testament. You will see when God speaks, he said, I, my, my words will not fall to the ground. Everything that is spoken through his prophets have been fulfilled, you know, and everything that, and you know, sometimes God wanted to do a thing. Like, for example, with Nineveh, he said, that place is going to be wiped out because they don't worship me. But his greater plan is that they come to salvation. The nature of God is, I love these people so much, I want them to be reconciled to me. But the sin has grown so much that I have no choice but to wipe them out. But if there's somebody who will go preach and they repent of their ways, they will come to me. And that is the beautiful nature of God that does not change. The love of his people still. So, here, sometimes you say, no, but in some passages of the Bible, it looked like God changed his mind. You know, like if you read in Exodus where it speaks about when, when the Israelites were waiting for Moses to come down and they started worshiping some other idols and then, and then, Moses, and then he said, I'm going to wipe out these people. And then Moses was like, oh, please, Lord, please don't do it. And then the Bible says, and God changed his mind or God repented. And we're like, oh, but God changed his mind there. But it was never his heart to wipe them out in the first place, according to his nature. You know? The same, the same with when he created human beings. And it says during the time of Noah, and God looked at man and he, and he was sorry that he created man because every inclination of their, their hearts was just so wicked. Huh? It, in some versions it says, and God actually repented that he created people. Okay? It's just us attaching the human feelings to what God is is, is, is feeling, but his plan and his purpose still remained. So it's not like God changed his mind. <laughs> yeah? It's just that what was happening is not in line with his nature, but the plan and purpose still remained as he had planned before. Does that make sense? I hope I'm making sense. Okay, so um, in 1 Kings 13, here we have a man of God. A young prophet whom the Lord speaks to and say, go to that town, warn that king who is worshipping idols, that on these altars, nah, I am going to do a big thing. There's going to be a shaking in this thing. 
uh, in this in this in the city, and all the, the this stuff will be will be torn down, and 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 basically God's judgment is going to come. That is the first uh, the first verse there, and then and then he prophesies, and he comes back, and then the king wants to eat with him, and says, hey. Um, um, come dine with me. And then he says to the king in verse 8, he says, um, But the man of God answered the king, Even if you were to give me half your possessions, I would not go with you, nor would I eat bread or drink water here. For I was commanded by the word of the Lord, you must not eat bread or drink water or return by the way you came. Okay? So he took another road and did not return by the way he had come to Bethel. So this guy came to Bethel. He released the word of the Lord. The king wanted him to stay over and eat and do all sorts of things. And he said, no, no, my mission is straightforward. God just called me to, re to release the word. And he said, I mustn't eat or drink food or come back in the same direction I came. I must, I must, I must just continue on my journey. Yeah? And then the, pro uh, then the king is, oh, okay. So then he, he, he goes straight with his journey. And here in verse 15, it says... In verse 15, an older prophet hears about this man that prophesied. Yeah? And so this older prophet, I don't know if his motives were to test whether this guy is really from God or whether this message is true. So in verse 15, he says, so the, so the older prophet said, so the prophet said to him, come home with me and eat. The man of God said, I cannot turn back and go with you nor can I eat or drink water with you in this place. I've been told by the word of the Lord, you must not eat bread or drink water there or return by the way you came. Okay, are we still together so far? Okay, so he's explaining to the older prophet, no, 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 I can't do that. The Lord has already told me, he told me not to go back that way, not to eat, not to drink water. Sorry, even though you're a prophet, I have to go. Then the older prophet says, I too... This is now verse 18. I too am a prophet as you are. And an angel said to me by the word of the Lord, bring him back with you to your house so that he may eat bread and drink water. Okay? But he was lying to him. So the man of God returned with him and ate and drank in his house. This is such... A funny story, guys. Verse 20. While they were sitting at the table, the word of the Lord came to the old prophet. The real word of the Lord now. Who had brought him back. He cried out to the man of God who had come from Judah. This is what the Lord says. Okay, we're in verse 21. You have defied the word of the Lord and have not kept the command the Lord your, your God gave you. You came back and ate and drank water in the, in the place where he told you not to eat or drink. Therefore, your body will not be buried in the tomb of your fathers. Okay? Verse 23, when the man of God had finished eating and drinking, the prophet who had brought him back saddled his donkey for him. As he went on his way, a lion met him on the road and killed him, and his body was thrown down on the road. I'm going to end there with a, re with a scripture reading. But I just want to re-emphasize the story again. A young prophet given orders by the Lord. He wants to stick to his orders. But then there's an older prophet that 
lies to him that God has told him something completely different. And he follows this older prophet. And after they eat, the, the spirit of God really comes onto the old prophet and he starts prophesying God's truth and said, because you've done this, you've not kept the commandment of the Lord today. <laughs> no? you, you will not be buried in your, in your father's home. And this guy actually gets killed on the road. So what is this telling us? The reason why I wanted to, to read the story is because I've met so many people that come and they say, Pastor, the Lord has shown me this is what I should do. And then a week later, the Lord has shown them something different about the very same thing. And then two days later, it's something completely different. Yeah? But God does not work like that. Either we heard him the first time or we didn't, or we are confused. Yeah? Or we are allowing our hearts to deceive us. But God will not tell you something today that is like this and the complete opposite tomorrow and then take you back to, your original, to the original word he told you again. Either he did tell you that word and then you got scared and then you started saying, no, God actually said it's not. Yeah? And then the word comes back now. It's knocking at the door. And then you remember, oh, actually God said. And this passage really shows us so clearly that when God say something to you. He means it. Yeah? What must have happened so quickly for him to change his mind about the commands and the instructions he gave you in the first place? When God gave Noah the instructions and the, the instructions for building the ark, if he had sent another angel, actually change these dimensions, and then another angel, no, change the dimensions. It's confusing. That's why we know that when God speaks, He speaks a word now, and then He will confirm it through somebody else, and then He will confirm it again. No? But He won't speak a word, and then confirm it, and then undo it, and then undo it, and then confirm it. It doesn't work like that. Okay? God, God is not confused. And sometimes you hear people giving prophetic words. I prophesied today, this man is going to do this, this, this. And then later, no, it's actually not a man. It's a woman the Lord showed me. And then later, how? You know, if we were still in those days where people were being stoned, <laughs> prophets were being stoned for lying, we will think twice before prophesying. You know, because words to God are so important, saints. Words are important. God doesn't want to confuse us. Yeah? He doesn't confuse us when he comes to speaking to us. His word is not confusing. Yet. It's not contradictory. Even though some people read it and think, no, it is contradictory. Just read it in its context. Yeah? God is not confused. And so we should also not be confused as the people of God. We should not be taking light words lightly. And just sharing this word and sharing that word if God has not said. Because we're making our God to be a liar. God wants to speak his truth through us. We are the people that are called to represent truth. The nature of God. Jesus Christ living inside of us. Shining through us so that the world may see that Christ is truly in us. People knew 
that there was something special about Jesus. He was different. He truly was a prophet because the things of he, that he was saying and the miracles that he was performing. No? Even they questioned if it was really truly God because he didn't look all glorious. Yeah? But they didn't question his integrity. So the word of God is true. When God gives you a promise, we have to hold on to that promise. And sometimes it is delayed because of our attitude. It's not because of God. Sometimes the timing is not there. It's not the right timing, and we have to wait, but we need to hold on to his word. We need to hold on to the promise that he's given us. But we cannot say, yeah, God said, but then I think he changed his mind, and I I think he he didn't really mean what he said. Because that's not the God that we're serving. It's not who he is. If we look at every single person that God promised something in the Bible, it came to fruition. Even for those that were stubborn, hard-headed, <laughs> and they tried to get out of it. <laughs> yeah, He said, my word, you can, we can trust on God's word. When God gives us a word, even this word, yeah, as we meditate on a day and night, this word brings life, and it is true, it is real. Those who put their hope in it will not be shaken. The word of God is living and active. Amen? Romans 8 verse 29, I I was speaking about that, about how God really wants us to, as children of God, he wants us to to weigh when we speak words. The words are very important. When God speaks a thing, it is so. And he wants us as his children to understand the weightiness of words. By God's words, he created. And when we speak words, God is, do you know the Bible says that we will be judged for every careless word we speak? We will. Okay. So our yes needs to be a yes and our no needs to be no. We really need to be, we need to grow in this area when it comes, especially when it comes to promising people things. Yeah. You know, a lot of the times, People are saying we need, we need to look at Christians as an example of what God is like, of what Jesus is like. Yeah? But we say one thing and we mean something else, or we say something and we don't bring it to, to completion. We don't uphold our words. And then we're constantly changing. People are, we're changing. Today we're best friends. Tomorrow you're my enemy. To, today I, <laughs> I like you. Tomorrow I don't like you. And, and we're supposed to be representing God. You know? And when it comes to wor- promising words, yeah? making a commitment to someone, speaking a vow, marriage commitments, yeah? we need to uphold those words. It's not just words that we're speaking now because it sounds good. And I want to be seen as a good person, so I'm going to say these nice things. We have to follow through because the test is really, are you going to follow through? And you know, the Bible says if you make a promise to the Lord, you need to fulfill that promise. Even if it's going to cause you pain. 
We made a promise. Read in the book of Ecclesiastes 5 verse 4 to 7. If you make a promise to God, keep your promise. promise. Don't be slow to do what you promise. God is not happy with fools. My goodness. Give God what you promise to Him. It is better to promise nothing than to promise something and not be able to do it. So don't let your words cause you to sin. Don't be too quick to speak. Don't be too quick to make promises that you may not be able to uphold later because it will still be required of you. So we mustn't just be very loose with our words, just saying whatever because it sounds right. You know, and you know, for me, like, one of the things that, that, that still boggles me, and I was speaking with Justine and I think with Mervyn, is how you will have an event <laughs> and people will sign up. And you will send confirming SMSs and they will confirm. And you will call and they'll say, yes, I'll be there. But on the day of the event, they're not there. And this is in the church. Now, if the church is supposed to be a prophetic voice to the world, what are we prophesying? If we can't even get it right here to make a commitment, and if something changes just to say, i sorry, I made a commitment, but I can't honor that commitment because something came up. And, and it's not necessarily because emergencies came up. It's just because, oh man, today is Saturday. I really don't feel like going anywhere. I think I'm just going to sleep in now. This is how we are making decisions. We are not being responsible. We are not recognizing how weighty what we're saying is. But God is watching this stuff. He's really watching and he's listening to our words. He is listening. And maybe right now we're thinking of that person who promised something. <laughs> But let us not look at that person first. Let, let's look at ourselves and say, am I true to my words? Because God will keep me accountable. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 2. Don't make rash promises. And don't be hasty in bringing matters before God. After all, God is in heaven and you are here on earth. So let, let your words be few. Because sometimes we talk so much. Yeah. And I'll do this and I'll do this. Yeah, if this doesn't work, I'll do this. And I, yeah, don't worry. I, I've got this. I've got this. But when it comes to game time, there's nothing. Yeah. But if we are here, to display God, we can't be like this. Imagine, how many of us know someone that is constantly, you know, they, you know whew, if Johnny says this, Johnny, Johnny is, is all talk. Ne? Johnny is not going to do it. He said it, but I know he's not going to do it. You just know. <laughs> he always says he's coming. He always says he's going to do stuff, but he never does stuff. What happens the day when Johnny does that thing that, that, say, that he said he's going to do? We are so shocked. We're like, oh my goodness. 
Ah, it's going to rain today or Jesus is coming soon. I can't believe that Johnny actually did what they said they were going to do. Okay? And why do we do this with God? God gives you a promise. And then when it happens, we're so shocked. I'm like, oh, I can't believe the Lord did this. <laughs> what were you expecting? Is it because you're used to Johnny's not doing things that when God actually does what he does, we are shocked? Have we done such a great job at, 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 at getting used to the fact that people don't do what they say, they change all the time, that we even place it on God? That we get shocked when he does what he, what he said he will do? God is not a man that he should lie. Yeah. And it's great that he says he's not a man that he should lie because it's, it's showing that with people, lie. You can't always trust them. That's why the Bible says love everyone. Love people. It commands us to love each other. It commands us to trust God. Put your hope in the Lord. Put your trust in God. Because sometimes people will fail us. I mean, I remember Paul and one of the disciples, they went to the city, they were preaching, and, 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 and people started seeing things, and they were like, yeah, these guys are great. And then they, they picked them up, and they started calling them gods. And then, and then Paul is like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. We are not gods. We're not gods. This is what we're trying to tell you. There's Jesus Christ is the Lord. No, no, no. And then they just started getting annoyed by these guys. They dragged them out of the city. And they started stoning them. The same guys that were saying, man, you are so awesome. You're amazing. You're champions. We're going to call you God. Was the same guys that dragged them out, went to stone them outside. Hmm? But that's not how it is with God. He is constant. He is faithful. We can trust his word. We can trust his promises. He will never delay on his promises. They always come on time. Amen? What about God's position on sin? Has it changed? The world is changing. Therefore, things are changing. And not Sin is not, you know, the way, you know, in the olden times, things were different. Now things are changing. But sin is still the same. God still sees sin as sin, and he will still judge sin. In the coming age, he said it. We cannot escape from the judgment of sin. Okay? Even though we're living in a world where things are becoming lighter, I mean, it's, I mean, we need to be open-minded. It's homosexuality. But these guys are so in love. They even go to church. They're actually married. It doesn't make it right. It's still sin to God. The commandments are still real, even though they're taking them out of the schools and they're taking them out the same, God still expects us to honor our parents. 
Even though we're looking, oh, these old people, they don't know anything nowadays. I mean, they're just so slow. God still expects us to honor our parents. There's still a blessing that comes with honoring our parents. God still is the same God. He still says we mustn't steal. Even though we're living in a world where everybody is doing it in the office, taking office paper and clips and all sorts of things, it doesn't make it right. Even though everybody is doing it, it doesn't make it right. It's still stealing. Yeah? Even though we're born again Christians and we both love the Lord and we worship, we're a couple that loves God and we're worshiping, we pray in tongues. You can't live together until you're married. God hasn't changed his mind about sex before marriage. Even if it's just two weeks before the marriage, the wedding day. We're going to get married anyway. That's not the point. It's still sin in God's eyes. But the rent is so expensive, we need to live together to pay the rent. We're sleeping in different rooms. Danger. 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 God has not changed his mind about sin. He's still the same God. Do not envy even though drunkenness is cool nowadays, most people can't have parties without getting drunk. It, drunkenness is still a sin to God. Even though we're using our, bench, our neighbors as the benchmark, constantly looking at what they have so that we can keep up with them, do not covet your neighbor's stuff. It's still a command. So God has not changed his mind about sin. He's made a way. He's made a way. Jesus is there. He died on the cross for us. That all who believe in what he's done will have eternal life with him. That is how we escape sin. But it doesn't mean that there's no more sin in this world. We're still living in a sinful world. God made provision for that sin. But sin is still sin. And it's important that we realize this because a lot of people are saying this stuff is old-fashioned. People don't live like that anymore. They don't do those things anymore. They don't. But God's word doesn't change. It's still the same. There's um, a scripture, maybe I should quickly go to it in Second Peter. I still have time. 2 Peter 2, verse 5 to 10. <clears throat> there God himself speaking. And he says, from verse 5, I mean, verse 4 speaks about how he judged the angels and all that. And then verse 5, he says, if he did not spare the ancient world... Is everybody there? Okay. If he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others, 
If he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly, and if he rescued Lot, a righteous man who was distressed by the filthy lives of lawless men, for that righteous man living among them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and he heard. If this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue godly men from trials and to hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment. While con yeah, okay, I'll stop there. Oh, maybe let me just finish the sentence. Uh, for the day of judgment, while continuing their punishment, this is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desires of the sinful nature and despise authority. God has not changed his position on sin. He still calls sin, sin. From the times of the time this Bible was written until now, the things that is pointed out as sin is still sin. Even though we're coming to church, but we're still we're doing the stuff that we're not supposed to do. It's we can't just put Christian on ourselves and do everything else the world is doing as long as I've got the mark of Christian. No. God will still judge sin. The ultimate judgment will still come. Yeah. That's why Jesus had to make a way. And if we end up being uh, um, those that, that, that are judged and eternally condemned, it's because we didn't accept what Christ did on the cross and made it the reality in our lives. Amen. So we can trust God completely, 100%. A hundred percent. We can trust God. The Bible says some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. God's character can be trusted. God's word can be trusted. God's nature can be trusted. Because remember what Annette was saying last week, and that's why it's so important to listen to these messages after each other because they build on, one each, on each other. Is a God is good. His heart and his intentions towards us have always been good. If that is the place where we looked at, look at everything around us from, then we, we will understand the nature of God. And there's nothing that can change God. Yeah? He will not be bribed by anyone. He will not bend his laws to favor anyone he is God and whatever he does is good his word remains and he remains the same yesterday today and forever Psalm 33 verse 11 but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever the purposes of his heart through all generations the purposes of his heart through all generations and what is his heart salvation to the nations through all generations He's such a beautiful God. He always makes a way for redemption. It doesn't matter how dark a family has been or how dark a nation has been. He always allows that in that place to be a, a flicker of his light so that the whole nation, the whole family, the whole generation can be saved. Okay? Isaiah 46 verse 10. I make known the end from the beginning. From ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand. And I will do all that I please. God's purpose in our lives stand. 
The only reason why sometimes it takes longer and sometimes it doesn't look like it's happening is because of our impatience or because of our attitude that can stink sometimes. Yeah? We're fighting and boxing God and, you know, all sorts of things. But, you know, when God has given us words, I mean, I look at myself today and I remember so many prophetic words that I've gotten from different prophets, confirmations, they were always building upon each other. And I saw how God brought them to fruition. And if he could do that in my life, and he says something new, and he says, uh, and he continues to give us promises, if those were fulfilled, how can we not trust him for the new words that he's given, giving us? Because time will always tell. You know, but God's word is true and his promises are yes and amen. I want to finish with this. It says, in an ever-changing, I was just thinking, and I actually wrote this down. I said, in an ever-changing world, God remains the same because he was there yesterday. He is there today and he will be there tomorrow. He has seen it all and nothing takes him by surprise. And that is the confidence we have today in Christ. That no matter what comes and goes, what trend comes and goes, the word of God will always remain. God himself will always remain. He will never change and he's never phased. The truths of who he is will always remain. I want us to stand and pray this morning. So, Father, we just want to thank you. We want to thank you for who you are in our lives, Lord. We want to thank you for your word that is never changing. We want to thank you, Father God, for your truths that will always remain. And, Lord, this morning as we're looking to you, I really just sense that we should just focus on him right now. And Lord, where we have looked at you and we've started doubting your word because of external influences, we just want to repent of that this morning, Father God. We want to thank you, Lord, that your word is not old-fashioned. It doesn't go out, Father God. You have given us the way of life through your word. And therefore, right now, Lord, where there have been so many pressures just coming, I sense with some people, especially young people, they've just been pressured to conform, to be something that you're not because of the labels that are associated with Christianity. And this morning, the Lord just wants to remove that from you. And it's just saying, don't look at people. Don't look at the affirmation of people. Look at the affirmation of God. Know God's character. Remember the promises of God. He will never leave you nor forsake you.
Father, where we've been discouraged and weary in our souls because of things that we were looking at, promises that we, we thought you had spoken to us and, and until now we don't see it, Lord, I just pray that we will be encouraged, oh Father God, to stand like those of old that stood on your word no matter what. That even though they tried to, to change it here and there, to take matters into their own hands, your plan still prevailed. And right now, Father, we just pray courage and strength. I just want to pray courage and strength into every single person that's standing here this morning, oh Father God, to stand on your word and stand on your truth, oh Father God. That we will not be people that conform to this world, oh Father God, but we will stay strong in your word. We will remember the promises you gave us and we will remember your word. And no matter what changes in our lives, we will not allow your word, our circumstances to dictate the truth of your word and the truth of your nature. Our experiences will not dictate who you are as God. In Jesus' name, we thank you for that, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that. And I also just felt for some people that you're thinking, I want, I, I really want to have a stronger relationship or a, a stronger, rather stronger understanding and a, and a firmness on standing in His Word. And I sense the Lord just saying that it's all in intimacy and He's inviting us into a place of intimacy this morning. Greater intimacy will give you that assurance of the truth of God's Word. And if you're here this morning and you don't have that relationship with God, you don't know Him, you haven't even experienced Him in your life, and you're saying, I want this God, I want to know Him. If you want to be in a relationship with the Lord this morning, I just want to, to just ask you to raise your hand so that we can pray for you. Is there anyone this morning that wants to give their life to the Lord? That you're saying, I want to be in that relationship with Jesus. Because I want to know them. And I want to know him. Is there anyone like that this morning? If you're here, just raise your hand. Going once. Anyone? Going twice. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Otherwise, I just want to release us. Father, thank you so much for strength, for courage, for assurance in your word. As we leave this place, oh Father God, we will continue to be the pillars in society that you've called us to be, not wavering from, from uh, the truth, oh Father God, but standing on the truth. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. If you're visiting us for the first time, please don't be in a hurry to go. We want to meet you at the... Uh, welcome tea table. Stay behind. We want to have tea and coffee with you after the service. If you still need prayer for anything, the leaders are here. They'll pray with you. Awesome. <laughs>